Hello, I'm Ben. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. <laughs> ben, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I'm I'm Ben. I've uh, I'm sort of a game developer uh, slash narrative designer slash um, goof who talks about dumb things on Twitter. You can hear about that on Aussie Ben, so A U S S I E Ben. That's me. And Michelle. Would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Sure. Um, I'm Michelle. I'm a science reporter, actually, for a website called Science Alert. And um, that's www.sciencealert.com. You should go check it out because it's pretty great. And I would like to plug growing your own mushrooms because I got mushroom hmm. kits for Christmas and I've been growing mushrooms and they're not very big yet. <laughs> but it's so exciting watching them just sort of like – come up out of this like really weird mycelium like aliens you should totally try it <laughs> that does sound nice <laughs> gonna eat them one day <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so, so these are the edible kind yeah yeah i was gonna say like i've got a two-year-old and i bet if i don't know i don't know if he's ready for growing mushrooms yet but at some point i bet he's gonna love that and then I was like, well, what if, what if he eats them? <laughs> but if they're the edible kind, that works yeah. out. Yeah, I can't imagine I'd want to grow poisonous ones. No. <laughs> Those ones probably don't come in the kits. Yeah. <laughs> they might be useful. Murder kits. My dog might eat them, and I don't, I don't think I would like that. No, yeah. that doesn't sound great. That would be bad. I did hear a, um, I was driving to work one day, and I, I somehow stumbled upon like an, a half-hour program which is all talking about mushrooming and uh, going through the forest and you know having your your mushroom basket and picking mushrooms and they're like oh it was such a great season this coronavirus season when no one could go out all the great mushrooms are out i hope that happens again <laughs> this year <laughs> I, I went mushrooming last year and um I turned up and the lady, we, you have to go to the visitor centre because it's like a state forest and they have to tell you where you're allowed to go and where they're, where they're sort of logging and stuff. Right. The lady there was just bashing on city folk who come out with little baskets and I'm like, oh, well, I'm really glad I brought all these Tupperware containers then. <laughs> <laughs> she said she just gets one of those styrofoam boxes from the fruit shop and just fills it up and I'm like, what? everybody else what are you going to do with a whole styrofoam box of mushrooms that's a lot of mushrooms <laughs> and they don't keep <laughs> anyway i felt very defensive by the end of it i'm not i don't live in the city but even so <laughs> it's like when a when a when a zoomer says okay boomer to you and you're like oh dude i'm 30 <laughs> yeah I huh. that, that that hasn't actually happened to me <laughs> no me either it's happened to me. Oh, has it? <laughs> yeah, I just I just ret returned that by calling them embryos. <laughs> uh, you told them. Yeah, I sure did. These young children making games. <laughs> oh, was it a game developer? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's people I work with, lovely, lovely people. <laughs> so the, the line from Macbeth where you go, what, you egg, and then just stab him with a... <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to start on some topics? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. All right, Ben, your topic is Dora the Explorer and the City of Gold was a delightful surprise. Yes, and I totally stand by this. Uh, so the other week, Amazon Prime had kept nagging me about like, hey, why not subscribe to Amazon Prime? Get some things and you can have a have a thing and blah, 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 blah. We, we give you delivery and game stuff and you can watch movies i'm like oh, fine so um i signed up for the free trial and i'll make sure to unsubscribe to that um but for the moment i went through the uh the movie service and flicked through and just marked a whole bunch of movies i'm like oh boy they have leprechaun 3 on here that'll that'll be <laughs> a watch and wishmaster 2 yes please so there's a whole bunch of garbage on there and it was just such a delight um and then there was like oh Dora and Dora and the Lost City of Gold is on here. The the live action movie based on Dora the Explorer. <laughs> and I'm like, this came out in 2019, and um, you know, I I remember hearing about it at the time and uh, 
people saying, this is a surprisingly great adventure, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, I should, I won't be able to go see the, the cinema, but maybe I can catch it later. And it was right there on Amazon Prime. So I'm like, I'll give it a go. And um, yeah, it was, it was just really, really fun. Obviously, I, I didn't know anything about the cartoon series, the, uh, the Dora the Explorer. Um, so I went in totally blind. And yeah, it starts off with, um, you know, young, young, two young children having fun in the jungle uh, with their parents. And then the boy Diego has to go back to the city and Dora stays in the, in the, in the jungle with her parents and is just like, grows up as a teenager, over-enthusiastic and, and loving um, the jungle and everything it's set in and direct, directly uh, looking at the camera after looking at a poison dart frog and saying, can you say deadly neurotoxin? Which I, I guess must be like <laughs> a reference to the, um, <laughs> to the, to the show. It's, it's all very sweet. It's basically um, Dora gets sent back to, to the U S for reasons because the parents are worried. Oh, you're growing up in the jungle and need to need to be normalized a bit. Um, <laughs> this is sounding a bit like the plot of mean girls so far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I actually haven't seen Mean Girls, so I'll have to check put that one on my um on my list. <laughs> but you can you can you can definitely tell me if this is if this is sounding more familiar the further along I go. But yeah, she gets she gets back, sent back to um her cousins who who went back to the US when she was um younger and he doesn't want to have anything to do with her because she's she's weird and enthusiastic and likes everyone. She goes into high school and he's like, it's going to be a horrible nightmare. <laughs> but she she stays stays her upbeat, positive self despite everything. And um, long story short, they go to a museum exhibition, accidentally get uh, boxed up in a crate and then sent back to the jungle because the jungle's the more interesting place, not school. And <laughs> they, they go on an exp- expedition to find uh dora's parents using dora's uh gps tracker like a satellite phone that she's got because they have to rescue her because rescue them because they've lost contact with them um and so they end up in a like a a mysterious mysterious temple and um there's like mercenaries chasing after them but also the mercenaries have a cg animated fox um with them who is voiced by benicio del toro it's great (laughs) <laughs> oh, is that is that Swiper? Oh, okay. You know who the fox is, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. It's a it's a tall fox who has like a a, a mask on, a blue mask on, and he yeah, he must be that must be him, Swiper. He likes to he likes to steal things. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't it doesn't sound much like Mean Girls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. It, the the three kids who tag along with Dora, one of them is very much like a mean girl type character. She's like the queen bee of school, but, but also hated by everyone. Cause she'll like, she's like super intelligent. Um, and she sees Dora as a rival and she's like, how dare you know things? I'm the smartest, blah, 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 blah. And then there's Diego who's, you know, who is, uh, Dora's cousin. And there's, um, another, another young boy who I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but he's the nerd and gets beaten up. Um, <laughs> as soon as Dora meets him, meets him, he's introduced by Dora meeting him in school, and he's wearing like a, a Galaxy of the Milky Way, uh, a shirt of the Galaxy of the Milky Way, and it says "You are here." And she's like, "Oh, that's really cute. I I love it. I love space, but the 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 shirt is wrong. It's pointing at the wrong spot. It sh- you should be here." <laughs> he's like, "You like space too." <laughs> And then he and then he gets beaten up in the background as as Dora's walking off. It's really really quite awful. <laughs> well, it's it's nicer when they get to the when they get to the jungle because they do it's does that whole thing and they all start to bond and they all, all get together. Um Dora she's she sort of copes through uh singing songs. At one point the like the other the other girl needs to like needs to do a poo in the in the, the jungle and and Dora's like that's okay. I've got a poo shovel. Here we go. We'll dig a hole and um, we'll, I'll sing you the poo song and you just you just go do that and we'll be fine. And in the meantime, while um, she's uh, trying to go to the do- toilet in the jungle, everyone else is being shot at with um, arrows and, and they're all running away and um, they're like, we have to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
This does sound good. I, it's difficult for me to to like explain the the movie in all detail, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. What I really liked about it was the um, it wasn't all white kids, you know. Um, it was really nice to see that the and the, the um, uh, Dora and her cousin talk to each other in Spanish, and um, yeah, it's re- it's really sweet. They just have that they have that connection when they're younger, and then it gets uh, it comes back when they're when they're older, and it's really nice. So, is is the fox a bad guy? Yeah, he's one hundred percent a bad guy, but he's not. He's not. He's not terrible. He just steals things. Huh. <laughs> so, I, I came into this conversation knowing two things about Dora the Explorer. One is that. Go Diego Go was a spin-off show that they made so that it could star a boy because right. American audiences couldn't handle a boys watching a show about a girl. Oh my god, right. So that's that's why Diego exists, I see. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the other thing is that to stop swiper from stealing, you say swiper no swiping three times. Yeah. And then he just he's like in physically incapable at that point of swiping anything. <laughs> Oh. That does happen in the movie, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh man, and he just like puts it down. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's definitely a thing that does happen. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's 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 entirely accurate to the uh, Dora the Explorer canon, which is good. There's also a, a monkey friend of of Dora's called Boots, who wears like these red boots. Uh, near the end where they're all captured by um, the mercenaries and they're all tied up and being frog marched along to the the, lo- the lost city that only Dora knows how to open. The monkey is like uh, untying, you know, untying their, their bonds to the tune of these boots will make made for walking. And I'm like, that's great. That's probably the best use of that music I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It, it sounds to me like that this movie is intended for people who were kids when the cartoon was on but are now 10 years older. That was my impression too. Yeah, it seems to be like the kids who were like uh, preschoolers or or whatever when they were watching the show and now they've grown up and uh, about teenagers and this is a show for them. Uh, which makes makes a good sense as a, a kind of movie to to base it on i wonder when dora the explorer originally came out because the movie came out in uh 2019 so it looks like the cartoon started in 2000 oh yeah then the 20 years is like plenty of time for something like that and probably even like parents you know young parents even yeah i guess so was it really a thing here in australia i don't know to be honest i I don't think i don't know yeah I know the movie turned up in Australia, but I'd never seen like. I, but again, then again, like I'm not really watching preschool um, children's shows, which is hilarious because I watch so other so much other crap that I'm really surprised that I d- didn't watch Dora the Explorer. Right. <laughs> Maybe ABC had had it on. Yeah, ABC is our um, public broadcaster. They have their own um, free streaming service called iView which has has a bunch of stuff that you can view on demand. Yeah, and a special kids channel with all their kids programming. That's correct. Yeah, they, it might might have turned up on there at some point. You think that's region locked? Would I have to use a proxy to to view it myself? I I view as region locked, yeah. It's like it's like the BBC except A instead of B because it's Australia instead of Britain. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's it's our source for Doctor Who, which is really really important. are we ready for another topic yeah please let me stop talking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, michelle your topic is we're about to land another rover on mars and that is super way cool it is super way cool so i don't know when this podcast is coming out but Probably in about six weeks. Yeah. So by the time this podcast comes out, uh, the Perseverance rover will have landed on Mars or crashed horribly. But I'm going to go with landing because you know it's better. Land- landing sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones? Which ones more exciting? Well, landing because if you crash, then you can't do the science. But right. Would we get like? Will another ro- rover be there to film the cool explosion? No, the Curiosity rover's on Mars, but it's in a different spot. Okay. Right. All right. 
Like, <laughs> I like his disappointment there. I guess landing is better than. Yeah. <laughs> there might there might be some orbiters, like, but they'd have to be in the right spot to. Right. Or maybe the spacecraft that drops the rover mm. will be will be filming it. So you know, you never know. Maybe we'd get some amazing crash footage. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what is this rover called? Does it have a name like Curio- Curiosity? It does. It's Perseverance. AKA oh, that's wonderful. Percy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So Percy is, it looks a little bit like Curiosity, but Curiosity landed in um, 2012. So Perseverance is more up to date, sort of like a bit more whiz bang. And it launched last year. So it's been flying all the way to Mars. And I, when every time I think about this, I just have to stop and have a moment of, oh, that's so cool. Because Everything in the solar system is constantly moving, right? So they have to calculate how long it will take the spacecraft to get from Earth to Mars and then work out where Earth and Mars will be sort of relative to each other. Oh, right, right. There's a there's a window of uh, where it's if, if you can efficiently get from one place to the other. Yeah, and sometimes they're closer. But you also have to calculate where Mars is going to be by the time the rover, like the spacecraft would be getting there so that you don't end up on the other side of the solar system completely like you can't just sort of go we're just going to we're just going to send it out in the general direction of mars and hope for the best yeah i learned about this in outer wilds oh that's <laughs> uh, that's a video game that i haven't played it's it's a video game where you you a lot of the game is specifically flying from planet to planet and the planets are constantly in orbit and learning like oh you can't just point at the planet and press forward yeah. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because like by the time you get to the, like where the straight line takes you, the planet's already, you know. Right. Gone. <laughs> or e- even if it's coming towards you, then like it might just blow by you and then you have to turn around and chase it down. Yeah, right. the calculations for that must be really difficult to do. And yet they um, did it in the 60s. Yeah. That's yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when Perseverance gets to Mars, it will be the second active rover on Mars because Curiosity, is, as I said, has been up there. Opportunity died a couple of years ago. It was really sad. Oh, that's that's a that's a rover as well. You get that population back up to two. Yeah, right. Opp- Opportunity um, was solar powered, so Curiosity is like nuclear powered, and I think Perseverance is nuclear powered as well. Um, opportunity was solar powered and there was a huge dust storm that covered up its solar panels and there was just no coming back from that sadly yeah they could have if they didn't they could have attached a broom to percy (laughs) (laughs) sent percy on a rescue mission yeah but I, i think i think percy's going to a different place on mars because like where opportunity is they're like oh yeah we know all about that now we're gonna try something else yeah fair enough fair enough when you said um, opportunity died, I was a, a bit distressed by that <laughs> then, oh. until I realized it was another ro- another rover. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was actually quite sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. it happened, um, oh, of course, yeah. So there's some, there's some really cool stuff that's going to be happening with Perseverance, though. Um, they're going to try a sample return mission. So that would be wow. the first time that we've ever got a robotic rover to, like, collect a sample of Mars and then, like, flown it home to Earth. Um, so that would be really cool. I don't know I don't know if you heard earlier this year we got a sample return of a an asteroid. Oh. I didn't know that. That's no, great. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. So that was not the first time that it had happened, but it was, like, it was a really, really good sample. Like, there was lots of material. The first time it happened, we didn't get much. So that was really awesome. But we've never actually had a sample returned from Mars. And Percy is also going to look for signs of life. It will do that on purpose. Yeah. I was just going to ask, um, they, they found – Water on Mars was that correct, or was that on the on the moon? I feel like an idiot that I don't know which one that is. <laughs> there is actually water on both Mars and the Moon. Right. Okay. You're right twice, Ben. It's ice. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, it's ice. Okay. They, they thought they found liquid water on the surface of Mars a few years ago, but that's sort of – it's unclear whether it was water or just a different colored dirt. Wow, okay. <laughs> they do think there might be reservoirs of liquid water under the surface of Mars, um, but generally speaking, Mars is sort of too cold and too dry for liquid water, so any water on the surface is usually frozen. I don't want to say always because I don't know, but – generally speaking like it's got polar ice caps right okay for instance but we know uh from looking at sort of geological features mars used to be quite soggy um once upon a time there were lakes and 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 rivers and all that sort of thing so uh percy will be looking to see if there's any signs of sort of like ancient microbes like you know microbial mats that that were sort of living living on mars when it was a bit wetter very exciting yeah and there's a helicopter wait what where did, sorry where did that come from <laughs> is that how they're getting the sample back to us no the helicopter's just going to fly around and scout locations oh wow it's it's like a it's like a total experiment the helicopter's name is ingenuity oh man the scientists are great <laughs> Yeah, they're just Mars's atmosphere is quite different from Earth's. Like it's it's really really thin, so it's going to be sort of like a test of technologies, and yeah, it should be really cool. Oh, that's awesome! I'm really excited. Yeah, Mars is great. <laughs> <laughs> don't probably don't want to go there. I no, no, not a not a happy place for people. Yeah, I mean, certainly not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not not at present. Are we ready for another topic? I think so. Sure. Uh, so my topic is Scratch Off Donkey Kong. Uh, this is something that I just remembered the other day that I had taken part in, in as a kid. This must have been like in the mid-80s or maybe maybe a little bit earlier where um, – so Nintendo had licensed to uh, the baseball card manufacturer Tops a number of their uh, – their video game properties and they made packs of collectible cards, some of which were interactive in that you would play a little game where like what's printed on this card is uh, a Donkey Kong level and then it's covered with these little paths of scratch off ovals where you you choose which way you want Mario to go and then you scratch off the oval to see what happens when he goes there. And so, like, you would, you, depending on the path, you might, like, either make it to Pauline and rescue Pauline. Like, and there's no, like, no reward you get for this. You just have the satisfaction of a job well done. Or if you picked the wrong path, <laughs> Mario gets hit by a barrel and then... <laughs> right. <laughs> but then you can just scratch off all of the other ones and go, haha, I totally got it. Right. I got all, I got all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a flaw in this uh, in this product. <laughs> it kind of it kind of sounds like a cross between, um, you know, those those Zork novels where you had to like choose your choose your own adventure. That was another, um, mm -hmm. yeah, where you could pick the path through the novel. But so a cross between that and like scratch off lottery tickets. Yeah, it is a lot yeah. like that. Definitely reminds me of the um, the scratch off like crossword um, lottery tickets where you had to like find a certain series of words that that was one not that i played them but i remember remember seeing them i do know that um nintendo did do li licensed um choosable path adventure books they weren't they weren't choose your own adventures because if you <laughs> use their use that brand boy boy do you get in trouble i'm interested in that that sounds like way more fun than these scratch off donkey kongs oh boy i can tell you all about that is that is that something that you ran into a Tin Man? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan uh, Ryan North ran into it as well because we were, like, talking about it and it's like, well, we need to call it something. So we, we started calling calling them Choosable Path adventure, Adventures instead. Every time we, we showed stuff off at PAX, um, people would say, like, oh, these Choose Your Own Adventures, like, they're Choosable Path Adventures, yes. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just to make sure we didn't use that branding. Like, Chooseco is in intensely um protective of their stuff right right and that's not even the same people it was a company that bought the choose co name and now they're they're suing everybody 
Is that what's happened? Right. Yeah, okay. I'm looking this up. This is Nintendo Adventure Books if you want to Google it. Yes, that's the one. I've got a couple of those. They're really, really interesting because they're super weird. Imagine someone uh, like you've got you've got an author who's been told, okay, make me a, a, a book based on Mario, Mario World. And all you have is the instruction manual as reference. You know, it's like, okay, now now give Magic Coopers like backstories and Cooper Troopers and things like that. Your, your points of reference are the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and the instruction manual for Mario World. And that's all you got, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, and so you get these really weird things that turn up. Yeah. Oh, and for anybody listening who, who doesn't know what Tin Man is, um, it's a video game developer that has made a whole bunch of video games based on the old um, fighting fantasy books. Is that right, Ben? Yes. Th- thank you for thank you for um, for plugging that. That's that's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. Fighting fantasy game books that we did. Um, also, uh, our own our own unique series. I love that I'm still saying our as though I still work for them. I, they're dear to my heart. They did their own game books which they wrote themselves and had their own rules. And um, there were uh, a couple of like sort of children's uh, adventure books based on like um, uh, like a more puzzle-based um, book called The, the Fog- Forgotten Spell, which was um, written by a, lo- a lovely author who I can't remember right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, uh, of course, Ryan North, uh, To Be or Not To Be, we got to do that too and that was loads of fun was lone wolf a fighting fantasy thing or were they separate they were separate yeah i had a couple of the lone wolf books as a kid yeah there's a whole bunch of them there is so many <laughs> so many of them like the so the sorcery ones were different again you know they're, they're done by steve jackson but um he's like i'm gonna do my own thing and and do just do these incredibly overcomplicated things and i'm gonna make a book out of them Back to these um, Donkey Kong things. Yes. How how many of them did you actually scratch off? And was it a rewarding experience <laughs> for a child? Yeah. I, you know, it had to have been. So, I'll tell you a story from my youth. I must have been like four or five. And there was this, basically what it was, was you you, you you pour your bowl of cereal and oh, I poured this little piece of cardboard into the bowl and the cardboard is a little door that you open and see if you won a prize. <laughs> and apparently if you win a prize, then you go send it off and you get a cool thing in the mail or something like that. And I opened this little door and it said, sorry, try again. So, I closed it and I opened it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, sorry, try again. So, I closed it and I opened it again. And, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure that I knew that it was going to say the same thing, but I was following the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> this is how starved I was for entertainment as a child. Oh, right. Yeah. So, it's entirely <laughs> possible that Scratch Off Donkey Kong kept you entertained for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can only scratch it off once. That's the problem. Ah, uh, youth. We, we we did have a lot of a lot less ways to be entertained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there weren't really. Uh, well, I I don't remember as many um, prizes in cereal boxes in Australia. I think that was more of a, a an American and Kent Canadian thing. Right. The one I do remember getting was um, mini comics of Spider Man. About the size of, of of the palm of your hand, and they are full on issues of Spider Man that you could barely read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they were the the comic that was just shrunk down to yeah, presumably printed in the the worst possible quality. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember the. Uh, it was like the origin of the scorpion was in there, and J. Jonah Jameson got really angry that Spider Man was being a menace, and so he's like. <laughs> I'm going to get this guy, this this petty thief, and I'm going to make him into a scorpion for some reason, and that'll that'll fix things. It di- it didn't fix things. <laughs> it, it wouldn't. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. <laughs> some of the toys I th- I think back to when I was younger. I mean, like there's the you get like 
magazines that are got that are printed with the the blue and red 3D glasses that don't quite work and you're like oh well this is this is something i guess <laughs> you know but surely surely there's a there's an equivalent today of sort of that tacky promotional tat that they used to mm. foist on kids oh i mean like there's there's certainly children have plenty of access to tacky bullshit nowadays <laughs> it's just mostly on youtube yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. YouTube and like the, the app store. Yeah. Oh, I will say, um, I don't know if either of you got these, but mum and dad used to buy me um when I was good, when I was good, the uh the Mr. Mystery um books with invisible ink. And so they had, there was like a whole a, a whole puzzle and they still make them. They still make them. Because I saw one in the post office the other week. They are a puzzle book. That has a sort of puzzles like word searches and crosswords and like follow the maze, do this thing, and you know, yeah, you the way you w- work it is all the pages are all the all the pages are blank, and you have like this uh, special pen that's kind of like sponge and has has a reactive ink in it, and it um when you brush it against the answer you want, it reveals if the letter is there or not. So you don't actually write out the letter or find the answer. You you. To, you brush against it to reveal it. It was always really entertaining when I was a kid. Yeah, they had those in the United States too. And you'll be happy to know that mm. they also had a truly awful pun in the title, <laughs> but, which was yes and no, where no is spelled <laughs> K-N-O-W. Oh, dear. That's it. Yeah. Those, they're, they're the exact same ones. <laughs> the same ones. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. I don't remember anything that fancy from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Mum and Dad will also buy me a bunch of um, Harvey comics when I was sick, you know. I don't know. Like, at the time, I, I guess it was entertainment, but now I'm starting to think maybe it was punishment. Although I knew I was really, really good if I got um, an, an Uncle Scrooge comic. An Uncle Scrooge or a Donald Duck comic. That was like, oh man, I've I've really lucked out this time. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, this is a write-in. Vile asks, tangential... Di- oh, I should provide some context here before I start this. Are you familiar with dishwasher salmon? I can uh, guess. Um, It's not like a, like a dish shaped like a salmon that you put in the dishwasher, is it? No. Like a, and by that, I mean like a like a, a plate or something. The idea is that you wrap your salmon in tin foil and put it in the dishwasher and run the dishwasher. And by the end of the cycle, your dish, your salmon is perfectly cooked. Oh. So, like a, a, dish, a dishwasher souvet. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, with that, with that out of the way, uh, the question here is tangential to dishwasher salmon – there are multiple coffee maker cookbooks, including a Finnish one that includes recipes like lamb and carrots and balsamic dressing and wild mushroom risotto. I just realized they don't have coffee makers in Australia, do they? Yeah, they do. They what do? kind? Do you mean like the filter coffee ones? Yeah, that's what I mean. We do. They're not. They're not as common, I think, as they are in America. I was just. I was just thinking, like, wait, don't you guys just only drink really good coffee? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I said that too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I've I've been to like you know little motels where they've had the drip filter coffee. Oh, things. for Americans, you know, yeah, you know those motels that you just stay in because there's nowhere better because you're in the middle of nowhere. And they definitely used to have the uh, those those filter machines in McDonald's in the eighties, like before the oh, McCafes yeah. turned oh, there up. You go. So when you go to these when you go to these hotels or McDonald's in the eighties, you can make lamb and carrots and balsamic dressing in the coffee maker. Okay, it's- but why why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm going to cook lamb and carrots in balsamic dressing, why wouldn't I just use? My stove. Well, because you're in this hotel that doesn't like this coffee. This hotel with this coffee maker doesn't definitely doesn't have a stove for you. Oh well, I'll just eat some crisps. I'm not going to do that. 
Well, I was going to suggest that maybe you're in your hypothetical home that does have um, the filter coffee machine and maybe you're you're cooking more than one dish at the same time. And so you're like, well, I've got my, I don't know, my soup is going now and I don't have enough space to do my alleged wild mushroom risotto. So I could do it in the in the coffee machine. You know, I can't serve coffee afterwards to my guests, but I can make this risotto. <laughs> well, maybe maybe somebody's given you a coffee machine and you're like, what the hell am I going to do with that? Yeah, I'm not going to drink this. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about I try making lamb in it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've come up with uh, half a dozen really excellent reasons to make lamb in your coffee coffee maker. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't have one, but even if I did. <laughs> you wouldn't do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so next time you're on, we shouldn't expect you to, to report back with the results of. Yeah, my dishwasher salmon or coffee, <laughs> coffee maker. My, my expectations for this were set by the guest who, when we suggested <laughs> that he could tr- microwave Coca-Cola, he tried it during the episode. Oh, what happened? Oh, it was, he said it was okay. It was like tea. It was like really sweet tea. What kind of tea does he normally drink? (laughs) I didn't ask that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, that immediately makes me think of the, um, the YouTube video of the lady who, um, who's like, here's how you make British tea. And it was just a horrible nightmare. (laughs) Oh, she microwaved the water. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) <laughs> and and ev- like it was just such an outrage <laughs> this this horrible nightmare of like yeah i'm going to put in like seven sh- cups of sugar and here's my instant tea that i put in and uh, I, and then i add some powdered milk and that's how you make british tea and it's like no it isn't <laughs> i feel like i feel like she had to be like pulling our legs on that one because there's there's no way that that would have any kind of nice flavor. So so what was what was her accent? American. American. Oh, it was American <laughs> accent. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was just gonna say, like, if this person, this lady has a British accent, like she has more, like, no matter what tea she makes, it's British tea. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is like an uh, American lady on TikTok showing you British recipes and how to make them. Yeah, I'm I'm going to provide your listeners with a link to this stuff because it's terrifying. Did she yeah, ever make it. a toad in the hole and did it involve an actual toad? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um I did I did see her her make um British eggs? No, beans on toast. Oh my god! Oh, the things she did. No. Um. <laughs> are, we re- are we ready for another topic? Yes. Sure. Uh, Michelle, your topic is: Do you want to ask me stuff about exoplanets? I will ask you. What is the best exoplanet? Oh, you know what? I don't actually have a favorite. <laughs> like them all equally. Yeah. Same. They're like my children. Really <laughs> interesting. Um, I can tell you like subcategories that are really cool. Sure. Eyeball planets. When um, a planet is close enough to the star it's orbiting, it becomes tidally locked. So you know how you know how we always see the same side of the moon. Yeah. That's because the moon's um, rotation period is the same as its orbital period. So it's just it's always facing the same side towards Earth. Right. With an eyeball planet, it's tidally locked, which means it's always facing one side to its star and one side's facing away, which means that the side that's facing the star could be all sort of like melted or, or wet or whatever, and the side that's facing away could be all frozen. So it looks it looks like an eyeball. Oh. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. There's a possibility that if they were habitable, it would be on the Terminator. That's the line between that separates night and day. So when right. when you've got dusk coming over, you're being attacked by the Terminator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I mean, you know immediately what my brain's going to. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah, um, I like I like eyeball planets. They're theoretical. We don't we don't know if they exist, but they could exist. We know we know that um, there are some exoplanets that are likely tidally locked because they're so close to their stars, but they're really far away, so we can't actually see them very well. So what we need to do is we need to put, get some water onto the moon. And then also start like blasting it with heat from our planet. Yeah. So if we could turn Earth into a little star, then maybe we could turn the moon into an eyeball. This seems worthwhile. It seems like a good worth good a good way to spend our, our scientific expertise. <laughs> right. I'm not, not, not doing anything <laughs> else with it. <laughs> Who needs to send rovers to Mars when we could be turning Earth into a little tiny star and the moon into an eyeball? <laughs> all right give us another good one hot jupiters hot jupiters uh, are not theoretical we know they exist they're um sort of gas giants that um are really really close to their stars so they've got like orbital periods so they're not they're not themselves the source of heat no these are on like insane like orbital periods like they're like 18 hours some of them Oh, wow. That's how long it takes to go around the star. So they're really, really close to the star and they're really, really, really hot. And on some of these um, hot Jupiters, they've been able to detect gases that indicate that the planet is melting, just sort of evaporating. (laughs) But hot Jupiters are generally on sort of like a limited time span anyway because they're they're eventually just going to be. Right. If they're evaporating, then they're going to run out of matter soon enough. Well, they're also sort of like – um, probably going to sort of spiral closer and closer to the star and then they'll be sort of like tidally disrupted, which is when the gravity of the star sort of like pulls it so that it just comes apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to be on one of those. On some of them, it's sort of like they've got clouds of like liquid iron or sort of like gaseous iron, which is pretty hardcore, pretty heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry if I go like super quiet while you're talking, uh, but it's just like I'm intensely listening, and I because uh, uh, the I find the information you're talking about really interesting, and I don't know how to like contribute, so I'd rather shut up and just listen. <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. No, no, it's great. Like I didn't even I didn't even know what an, what an exoplanet was, so I very quickly looked up what in the in the meantime and it's like i this is a whole whole new thing <laughs> maybe, maybe i should explain that then so an exoplanet that might be good yeah yeah an exoplanet is a planet that's just not in the solar system so it's short for extrasolar planet and to date um i think over 4300 of these planets orbiting other stars in the milky way galaxy have been confirmed and there are lots more candidate exoplanets that are awaiting further investigation and the subsequent um confirmation from my little on my little diagram here i've got a uh, an indi- indicator that they range from earth size i mean the the mercury size to jupiter size which is the the largest one that I can see. You've got your your terrestrial planets and your gas giant planets. Is that correct? Yeah, and ice giants, presumably. But most most of the most of the exoplanets we've detected are actually um, gas giants. Just because they're easiest to notice? Yeah. So the most um, used way of detecting exoplanets is called the transit method. And that's when you get a telescope. Actually, there's a there's a space telescope that's doing this right now. It's called TESS. And you stare at a patch of the sky and you stare and you stare and you stare at a whole bunch of stars. And if there's a planet orbiting that star, when it passes between us and the star, the starlight will dim very faintly. So what the telescope does is that it, it will record um, these stars dimming and then in the data, if um, you've got regular transits, so you need you need more than one, obviously, because a mm. one a one-off dim could be anything. So if it's 
transiting on a regular time period, um, then you can generally sort of do further analysis and confirm that it's an exoplanet. And obviously the larger planets will cause more of a dim. And if it's closer to the star, this is why we, we know about so many planets on pretty short orbits. If it's closer to the star, it will do it more frequently. So if you've got something um, like oh, what's Pluto's orbit? Pluto's orbital period is 248 years. So we wouldn't be able to detect <laughs> that with the transit method for obvious reasons. 200, sorry, sorry, 248 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Or in <laughs> Pluto time, one year. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one, one Plutonian year. Uh, Pluto, Pluto is um, 40 times the distance between Earth and the sun. It's a long way away. Yeah. It'll always be a planet to me. <laughs> it's it's a dwarf planet, so it's yeah. it's a it's a subcategory of planet, right? Personally, I think it's a bit of a silly argument. Pluto doesn't care what it is; it's, it's just out there being awesome. Pluto's just having a great time. Have you seen the photos of it from the New Horizons uh, flyby? I have not. No. Oh, it's spectacular! It's just this weird little ice world. It'd be oh, so awesome. awesome to go there. I I think you should um, make sure to give Jim a link so that we can check it out later and everyone can see it. Oh, yeah. All this stuff should go in the show notes. All right. Um, one more question before we uh, hang it up for the night. What's your least favorite exoplanet? I love all of them. They're all precious children. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> How can you have a least favorite exoplanet? <laughs> One one that wronged you in some way. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there is Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna guess like one named after your ex. Oh no, they all have names like they're named after the telescope that found them and the number of the planets that it is since they've been counting. So you've got, and then it'll have like a, a B or a C or a D. After the number. Yeah. So the the star gets the number and then the planets get little letters for each each planet. This is, this is what happens when you run out of Roman gods. Yeah. <laughs> Go make some new gods. <laughs> well, there's, there's 4,300 of them. So here's one. It's called LTT9779B. They're very catchy names. Not not as catchy as Mars, I don't think. No. <laughs> yeah. Is there some is there some process for like upgrading them to having a real name when they we realize they're more interesting than we thought? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like there to be sometimes. Sometimes they get nicknames. Okay. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess the process is just here's what we start calling them instead. Yeah. yeah true. But but because there's so many of them, like just giving them all like individual proper names would just be way more work than any scientist wants to do, I think. It'd be a task for Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> but then they'd all be Planet McPlanetflace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose at the moment it's more a case of, like, cataloging them. It's like there's so, so many in number that you're like, well, I need to find these quickly and I need to – know that I've I've found this one, I haven't found this one yet. And it's so that's it's kind of like a shorthand at the moment. Yeah. Well, it probably always will be, to be honest, because we're not gonna it's they're not suddenly gonna drop in number. Unless they all get recategorized as dwarf planets. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pluto will be real smug. <laughs> right. Well actually one of the one of the arguments against categorizing Pluto as a planet is that there might be like you know hundreds of dwarf planets out there in the Kuiper Belt, so you know, oh yeah, yeah. If we if we call Pluto a planet, then we have to call all the dwarf planets planets, which is just gatekeeping. And that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh no, there's more planets. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> the exclusive planet club. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all the time we have for topic lords tonight. Uh, ben, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, yes. So I have jumped onto Twitter and I can be found at 
Aussie Ben, so A-U-S-S-I-E-B-E-N. You can follow, if you, follow me if you like. I'll probably talk about boring, silly stuff um, and what movies I'm watching or how to make a cake. Who knows? It's a surprise. Were you not on? Were you not back on Twitter last time we recorded? I was not, but um, part of that was like Twitter was kind of gross. But I've had a two-year break since then, and I feel much better now. Everyone's been super lovely. Oh, that's great. I'm I'm glad it's working out. Thank you. Also, Twitter was able to help me um, find my password. <laughs> Someone got back to me. It all worked out. And Michelle, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am also on Twitter at riding underscore red. I mostly just talk about my dog and. <laughs> Do you want to briefly get into adopting greyhounds? Oh yeah, my dog. My dog's a rescue greyhound, and she's got she's got puppy PTSD. She was with the racing industry before I got her, and she was such a timid little bean. Um, she's still a timid little bean, but she's less of a timid little bean. But she's covered in scars and she's scared of her own shadow. And I've seen her like oh. yell about tripping over her own feet. Um, but oh. watching her sort of like, sort of like the first few months after I got her, I would never see her with her eyes closed. Like I'm so sure she had to sleep at some point. Uh, but oh my goodness! She just wouldn't. She just would never relax. And just seeing her go from that scared little bundle of sticks because she's a greyhound um, to the ridiculous drama queen that she is today is just been <laughs> so rewarding. Oh, you should all rescue greyhounds. They're just the silliest dogs. Every picture you you post of her is just an absolute delight. Please, please keep them coming. <laughs> okay. Well, I take way more than I post. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, our oh, Twitter doesn't want to see another photo of Spooky the dog. <laughs> you're That's her name. wrong. Her name is Spooky. <laughs> I, I think if you're going to get a dog, you should get a dog. Like if you want to get a dog, you should because they're just very delightful. I think you should think about rescuing one because mm. they're just – so lovely and they just want to be loved yeah yeah thanks so much for being on topic lords thanks for having us yeah thank you for inviting us it's been lovely hi this is jim this is the audio i append to every episode of topic lords congratulations to our newly anointed lords if you'd like more people to hear the show you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.